Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by BeFit Food, where food is the first medicine. Just the best band in the world, Nickelback. I know there's a few haters out there, but they're confused, obviously, because that is not just only the best band, but that's one of the best songs. Kate Save, B-Fit Foods, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, and I must say I'm also a Nickelback fan. I knew I liked you. Uh, Thank you for saying that, Kate. Um, Just a great band, and we're going to bring more and more of their songs over time, um, just quietly. Uh, okay, truth about carbohydrates. Carbohydrates, very confusing. I've, even I'm confused sometimes. Tell us everything, the truth about carbohydrates. Well, yeah, I think the most confusing thing is really, it's not whether to have them or not. It's really how much to have and when to have it. So there's no denying that carbohydrates genuinely um, eaten in excess. So a lot of the foods that we consume uh, use carbohydrate as a filler because it's cheap. So that might be rice, pa- uh, pastas, cereal, bread, those sorts of fillers that make us feel full but may not be offering a lot of nutritional value other than calories or energy. And that's good if you're, you're doing sport or high-level physical activity. But if you're actually trying to manage your weight or you have a particular chronic health condition, then it can actually be detrimental to achieving your goals. Some of the other benefits of carbs is that they often contain a source of fibre and the fibre is really good for our you know, healthy bowels and also for blood, blood sugar level management and cholesterol and um, even our gut microbiome. But some of the carbohydrate foods contain the simple sugars as well, which can be quite hazardous um, for those that are managing their weight, I guess. Because that is the big thing. People, uh, this carbohydrates and weight seem to be intimately connected and people get in a bit of a flap and they're constantly counting, not always just calories, but they're, they're actually counting their carbs. How, how much of a role does carbs play on us looking after our weight? I think at the end of the day, carbs are not essential in that if you don't consume carbohydrate, you can actually produce the glucose that is essential for the brain function from your fat in your diet, from your protein in your diet. And we actually store carbohydrate in the form of um, glycogen in our muscles and our liver too. So you don't need loads of it to actually get enough of this glucose in the bloodstream. However, unlike protein, if you don't get enough protein, you end up with malnutrition. And if you don't get enough fat, then you get deficiencies from, um, you know, your essential fatty acids and those sorts of things. So going low carb long term is safe, but it needs to be done the right way because you still need to get the dietary fibre that's good for the gut health and also helping with managing blood sugar levels and cholesterol. So we know that oats play a role there. But I think it's just the portion distortion where people think they need two cups of oats when actually they need a quarter of a cup of oats. Mm, that dietary fibre super duper important uh, to feed that good, healthy gut bacteria versus the carbohydrates that come from refined sugar, which people are consuming more and more. Because I mean, as you and I both know, that 
over the years we've taken fat out of food and to keep the flavour going we've replaced it with simple carbohydrates. That's right and I think because of that and the fact that carbohydrate is cheap often when you do get a pre-prepared meal or even takeaway the bulk of that meal is the rice, pasta, noodles, um, bread component, whatever it is, even on a pizza, it's predominantly carbohydrate, and then it's covered in cheese, you've got your fat there too. But um, a lot of the, the, you know, the takeaway foods are really carbs. The carbs get a bad name from that. However, not many people realise that basically all plant-based food is some form of carbohydrate. It just has very low levels of carbohydrate and very high levels of dietary fibre. So, for example, when we look at our salads or our low-carb vegetables, so you can actually have a, a, a low-carb diet that is extremely well-balanced and good for overall health at around 50 to 70 grams of carbohydrates per day and not feel like you're going hungry or you're starving yourself or you're actually you know, not depleting yourself of any particular food. But you become more conscious of what you wrap your food in. So you're no longer you know, wrapping your salad sandwich in two pieces of bread you have that salad on a plate with your protein sources, maybe some avocado, some cheese, some olives and some healthy fats and protein. And then perhaps for the bread component, you're having a low-carb wrap or a, a mountain bread, something that's got less carbohydrate than the traditional bread rolls and those sorts of choices for cartridge. Or even not wrapping your, your right. salad uh, and taking uh, the good old Tupperware remember the yeah. days of Tupperware, uh, the Tupperware container uh, with you to work or uh, one of the other plastic containers or glass containers with a fork and just eating out of a, out of a container rather than wrapping it in a carbohydrate. What about diabetes? You and I have chatted about this before and I'm, I'm going to say made up. I think it's pretty accurate that 20% of Australians are either diabetic or pre-diabetic. What role do carbs play in diabetes? Well, one of the most interesting studies was the CSIRO low-carb two-year study. So they compared two different dietary approaches in people with type 2 diabetes. So they looked at a low-carb, high-protein, high-health fat diet versus a more traditional, high-unrefined carbohydrate, low-fat diet. And what they found is that those people that actually went in the low-carb group reduced their diabetes medication by 40% it was actually two times more effective than in the low-fat eating group. And the low-carb diet was three times more effective at reducing blood glucose or blood sugar level spikes throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So basically, no matter what diet or program you follow, calories will help with, uh, or calorie restriction helps with weight loss. But when it comes to health improvement, that's where the carbohydrates play a role. And those um, refined carbohydrates actually play a detrimental role to health. So we find that when we replace those refined carbohydrates with healthy fats, so your monounsaturated fats, we actually get better outcomes, not just for weight management, but for blood pressure, cholesterol, um, diabetes management as well. So that's where low-carb diets are definitely beneficial for people with type 2 diabetes. Mm. This is a great conversation, by the way. If you're listening and you've got any questions for Kate while we're going through this segment, 0412-987-987. Text in uh, your questions. That's 0412-987-987, and uh, we'll get those answered for you. Now, Kate, 
carbs and training. I don't know whether you heard about my son and his, his post-dinner snack last night. I did, yes. So the pancake made of the banana and the eggs. So, yeah, fantastic. But then he loaded up with some peanut butter and was then Nutella and more banana as well. Correct, and maple syrup to finish off. Oh, there we go. Um, so, how does that fit into his training program? He's training for a 60K ultramarathon at the moment and he's telling me that he needs to eat more carbohydrates. Is that true? Uh, how, does that, how does that fit into his training program? Traditionally speaking, when someone's training for a big event, particularly an ultramarathon, a high-carb diet is preferred because what that means is any protein that somebody eats can be used then for repairing muscles and then the carbohydrates used as the fuel for the race. Whereas if you try and do a, an ultramarathon, for example, without carbohydrates, the protein that you're putting in will be used for energy instead of repairing the body. However, some people do like to choose these sort of really high-fat keto diets to fuel themselves for marathons. However, that can take you know, 6, 12 weeks, even more, for the body to adapt to that sort of high-fat diet. So I certainly wouldn't recommend that to the majority of people. I think carbohydrates definitely have their place in sport and they are a fuel. So if you think of carbohydrate as fuel for sport or for energy, then it's perfectly good for that. And then your protein is there for your, your maintenance and your repair of your body. And then the essential, or the fats are there for the essential fatty acids and the role that they play in the body. So um, you certainly wouldn't restrict carbs if you were doing high levels of this. I'm always uh, always shocked at how many carbohydrates or how many calories are consumed in high carbohydrate foods. This morning I went for a run. I think I burnt 387 calories, which if I remember rightly is, is a decent sized Mars bar. Um, yep. <laughs> so, you know, all that effort, all that sweat, all that puffing and panting that I did this morning is eliminated in seconds uh, when I consume a Mars bar or any other high-carbohydrate food. So I guess we need to be careful as um, assuming that we're at an athlete level when we're not necessarily really burning that many calories and thinking that we need to keep topping up with um, high-calorie, high-carbohydrate foods. For example, the sports drinks that I see so many people consuming when they're off going for a walk or they're doing a a 30-minute gym session and they're consuming a Powerade and the calories in the Powerade far outweigh the amount of calories that they're burning. That's right. And I think the key message here is you actually can't outrun a poor diet. So um, there has been research that's actually looked at people that go to the gym for 30 minutes a day and people that don't go to the gym but have uh, do their 10,000 steps but just have a more active day. And it's actually far more beneficial not to go to the gym for 30 minutes because the people that go to the gym feel like they should have a reward. So then they start replacing additional calories on top of what they've burnt off because they think that they've earned that. And then throughout the rest of the day, um, they're less likely to do incidental exercise if they feel that they've already done their exercise. So I'm not saying don't go to the gym, but don't think that by going to the gym and doing a workout, that that gives you that, you know, that extra huge bucket of whatever, chips or a carby food that you can have over the day because 
that 30-minute window is really at the most only going to burn you 200 calories, I would say. So maybe slightly more, slightly less, depending on the workout. However, you can eat that in 30 seconds. So, um, mm. And don't replace incidental exercise throughout the day just because you have a 30-minute workout in the morning. So it's really about mindset. And for me, um, look, your food should be used as a way of maintaining a healthy weight. And exercise should be for mental health. So do whatever you need for mental health to feel good. Get that endorphin release. Get rid of stress. Um, and you feel good after a workout. But you should diet to help you or your food to help you manage your weight. Don't punish yourself with you know, exercise thinking it's going to change your weight because it won't. It's the food that really changes the weight. And exercise should be for your mm. physical, mental, emotional health. I love that. You can't outrun a poor diet. That is gold. And I know you've mentioned that before, but uh, that would be something worth writing down on a post-it and sticking up on your mirror. You can't outrun a poor diet. Where can people go to get some more information about um, f- great ways, healthy ways to do low-carb dieting or Look, diets? We highly recommend the CSIRO low-carb diet, so not the CSIRO total well-being diet. They actually have two different programs. But the CSIRO low-carb diet is the newer time, and that's created off the back of this, this huge study that basically showed this 40% reduction in diabetes medication and it was three times more effective at reducing blood sugar levels over the day. So I'd recommend the CSIRO low-carb diet. And for every radio program that we're doing as well, BFIC Food's doing a, a, um, an article, a blog article that we're putting up on our website that people can go for more information or chat to one of our dietitians as well for free. Oh, that's that's fantastic, Kate. Can I get you your team to uh, send me a link to that blog too? Because we'll yeah. we'll post that uh, into RWP uh, FM uh, when we post these segments as well. So there's yeah, an cool. easy link there. That'd be terrific. Hey, Kate, Be Fit Foods. Thanks so much for again joining us today. Great information. Uh, if you're looking for more info, head to Be Fit Foods. Check out their blog, uh, or go to CSIRO's low carb diet. Make sure it's the low carb one because the other one, yeah. I'm not so sure. Hey, Kate, have an amazing rest of the day. We'll catch up with you soon. You too, Dr. Ben. Bye. Bye. Eat Yourself Better podcast is brought to you by BeFit Food, where food is the first medicine.